Space Duck Battle Planet. Perfect. Hello and welcome to <laughs> Fuck Me Dead, the podcast that brings you the stories of Australian as buddies that just make you say, fuck me dead. I'm CJ. And I'm Amanda. That was, I think, one of our best intros ever. Mm, mm, mm. Perfect. Well, it tells you all you need to know. <laughs> Absolutely. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. I got a sore right forearm. I think it's from like, I think it's what, like I'm using roller doors weirdly or like exerting force in it and like lifting tables. And then I'm like kind of worried it's just gonna like my forearm bone will snap. Yeah, I don't think that's a thing. But I don't think it's like my bone hurting. It's probably just like the outer forearm muscle. Yes. Yeah. It's probably not a muscle that you use often. It makes sense. Mm. Truly, it is the, um, I'm going to say trapezoid. Mm. Okay. And I'm also going to try and clarify that by saying tripeds, but I think I mean triceps <laughs> of my forearm. This is quite the biology lesson. Yes. The trapezoid is <laughs> connected to the tripod. Apparently, apparently you're weird on a Monday night. Mm. <laughs> mm. I'm personally quite tired. Yes. Someone actually Had a big day. went to work. I actually went into the office today. Who is she? Don't <laughs> recognize her. It's a lot of effort going into the office, guys. Don't do it if you don't have to. Yeah. Do not recommend. Zero out of ten. <laughs> is, is that what you've got? That's all I got. Well, c- considering it seems like... We are boring and don't have a lot to talk about um, at the beginning of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see. I was going to say, I, I was waiting for you to disagree, but okay, I've, cool. I've got nothing. Um, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> um, I have an update on the story and it's the same story that I've been updating for the last like two weeks. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's an update on the uh, alleged slave story. Mm-hmm. So about the woman that was allegedly held captive for eight years in Melbourne. So because the trial is happening at the moment in the Supreme Court, a lot of details keep like kind of trickling out. Um, So there's been like a lot of, you know, little bits of information that I keep seeing. And I swear that with each thing that I read, it gets worse. That's good. No. No. Basically, the woman who was allegedly kept as a slave said that they would beat her if she didn't work quickly enough. Cool. She even said that this happened after she had broken her wrist in the house. And I'm kind of scared to ask how she broke her wrist in the first place, to be honest. Um, But apparently, even then, she would get beaten for not being able to do things quick enough. Gee, I wonder how they explained that one to the GP if they even took her. They didn't. That was surprising. I don't think that she's seen any medical attention until... Like the last. How'd they find out that she was there again? So they did end up calling an ambulance for the woman, but I feel like it was sort of out of fear that she would die. Mm. There's a part of me that's like, why didn't they just let her die? Because they clearly thought nothing of her. Physically abusing someone, I guess, is a lot different than actually murdering them. Yeah. So I guess they didn't want to have to, you know, hide a murder. I don't know. That's all speculation on my part. Um, So the woman also ended up with like pretty severe issues with her legs. Like they kept swelling up and stuff. Weird. And the woman said that she even thought at one point that she thought her legs were so bad that they would have to amputate them. Obviously they didn't, but um, apparently she was in a lot of pain. They just kept sort of swelling up all the time. And apparently the wife of the couple would hit her in the legs all the time knowing that she was in pain from them. What a bitch. Yeah. So it seems like... 
most of the abuse came from the wife. Mm. Oh, hang on, wait. That was the other thing. This is the other really weird detail of this one. Is apparently she would beat her with frozen chicken. Still in his package or just like... I don't know. We're just slinging chicken thighs at people. I think we're just slinging chicken at people. I guess it's a hard object when it's frozen. What you want to do is you you beat people with a phone book because then it doesn't leave a bruise. Okay, let's not give tips on that. (laughs) Um, Apparently she also pulled her hair out. Apparently when they found her, she didn't have much hair. And she had hot tea thrown in her face on multiple occasions. Oh, yeah. It doesn't sound good. Like at all. I hope they both go to prison for a very long time. So, yeah, it seems like the bulk of this kind of stuff came from the wife. um, But the husband didn't stop it at all. He just didn't participate. Yeah. And the husband is even saying that the only crime that he thinks that they've committed was letting the woman live with them after her visa expired. Fucking hell. Yep. (sighs) I mean, that is a crime, but probably the least serious one you've done. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> it's it's really hard on this one because I don't know what crime has actually been committed here. I don't know that she was kept as a slave. I mean, it sounds like she was. It sounds like she was, but also I don't know what defines slavery in a legal standpoint. So I don't know if it was like more of they were holding her, I want to say against her will, but she was clearly doing work for them and not being paid for it. Yeah, but also keep in mind they got her from another country on a holiday they were on. She probably didn't speak any to much of English at all. Oh, well, yeah, the article did say they've had no support. So she realistically, even if she wanted to leave, she probably had no means of doing so. And I'm sure she did want to leave, but how was she going to get out of that? Yeah, it's really hard. Like they've definitely committed a crime. Hmm. I hated reading the article because they kept saying things like, "Oh, we referred to her as like our grandmother." Like, it was affectionate, all this other stuff. But then you have this poor woman being severely underweight, having no teeth. You can abuse someone you like, apparently, as long as you refer to them in a loving way. Yeah, apparently. Who knew? Actually, isn't this the excuse men have been using forever? Probably. It's going to be interesting to see how this gets ruled in the end. I'm sure they'll have to be found guilty or something. Yeah, but of what? I don't know. And what punishment will they get? Oh, well, it's the legal system, so probably like five years. Probably. <laughs> um, I guess we technically do have another update on a story we did a long, 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 long time ago back in episode two. Oh, we're going to talk about the Tasmanian tiger? I think we are. So way back in episode two, you spoke about a Neil Waters mm-hmm. who believes the Tasmanian tiger or the thylacine is still alive in Tasmania, and he had just started searching for it. Um, here we are this week, and about a week ago... Yeah. I think it happened about just as like our last episode went live, actually. Neil turns up again saying he's got photos of a thylacine. It was pretty exciting. Have you seen the photo? Well, yes. I'm glad we're recording this a day later than we normally do because uh, they released the photos Because the photos were released today. And yeah. um, that, ain't, that ain't a thylacine. Look, I seen the photo <laughs> and I looked at it and went, I actually don't know what the fuck that is, but it's definitely not a Tasmanian tiger. Yeah, they're very small. Very small. I think. Unless he thought it was a baby. You're wanting to see a Tasmanian tiger, you will, because it's really just looking at the butt and there's stripes on it. Yeah, I honestly don't know what it is. I think that's. Because they were saying it's a patty melon, but I don't think it looks like one. Mm. Personally, it doesn't look like one to me. Like, yeah, I don't know what it looks like. It almost looks like a cat, like a house cat. Mm, I wouldn't say that. To me, it looks like a mouse. It's also an action shot. It looks like it's running away. Yeah. 
And all you can really see is the butt. And then like some grainy nighttime footage as well. It seems a bit small to me to be a Tasmanian tiger. Yeah. Don't know what it was. So unfortunately. Definitely wasn't one though. Yeah. It looks like we haven't found anything yet, but you never know. He's still, what was he planning to be out there for four years, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. And I did read, um, I actually bookmarked an article. Probably should have done it for this episode, but I kind of forgot about it. But um, about how there is apparently a study found proof that the thylacine did live to the 21st century. Mm. So I don't think they went extinct as early as thought. Are they still alive? I don't know. I would love to believe that they are. I would love for him to find one. Yeah. Like I, that, I was, that would be amazing. I knew I was being a bit silly, but I was like, oh, it'd be really cool if it was. Like, I would, yeah, I, w- I would absolutely love it if he came back and had like solid proof. He had found one. He had captured one. Mm. I would lose my shit. I'd be so happy. Do I think that's going to happen? Unlikely. Not to say it's impossible, but I think it's pretty unlikely. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty disappointing when I seen the photo, to be honest. It is a bit sad. Um. But, you know, I think these things sort of come up every so often and they generally get debunked, um, unfortunately. Unlike the big cats, though, because they are 100% real and you cannot convince me otherwise. Oh, God. <laughs> also, talking about big cats, Poppy is having a conniption at my door right now. She is. I don't know if you can hear oh, her. Oh, I can hear um, She's singing an opera. <laughs> she, singing the song of her people. Hmm. And scratching at the door. So apologies if you could have heard any of that over the past minute or so. All right. Shall we stop fucking about and get into it? Okay. They showed up out of nowhere. According to a CSIRO expert, which is the Commonwealth Scientific and Industrial Research Organization for international listeners, like a government science agency. They invented Wi-Fi, by the way. Just putting that out there. Um, Recent heavy rainfall in rural New South Wales has been prime breeding conditions for mice. Do they like it soggy? that's all they said. I maybe. Um, but because I of didn't that, know that, I don't know if you've heard, but there is a mouse plague occurring in New South Wales. Is is this is this one of the plagues? And it's I not expected remember. to end anytime soon. And they're expecting it to go through winter at this rate. I don't think mice is one of the plagues. Frogs. But I'm like, is locusts? Yes, yeah, frogs. Rats, maybe. Frogs and locusts. I mean, at least they're mice and not rats. Because I'm like, if it is one of the if it is one of the plagues, is is this the end? No. I'm going to send you a link of a video of the mice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is footage at night of someone sitting in their car. Um, they've got their headlights on and there's just like flashes running across this road in front of them. And it's just hundreds and hundreds of mice. Am I a weirdo that I thought that was very cute? <laughs> I mean, they're mice. Mice are pretty cute. <laughs> but how are you going to drive through that? Yeah, I don't know. There's so many of them. Yeah, because I think they're waiting for a good time to drive forward, but there's so many mice and some of them look like they're just sitting there in the middle of the road. Okay, so sorry, to be specific about the plague thing, mm. what the fourth one was just wild animals or flies. So it could apply. Or flies. Mice are a wild animal. I suppose. Uh, so this footage I think was from near Kunambul. Uh, Kunambul Mir El Karina, I think is how it's said. Is this to say? They showed up from nowhere. Hundreds of thousands of them invading people's homes and businesses. It's quite a hard problem getting rid of them all. Obviously, they smell when they die, and they eat everything in your home, and then their droppings are bad, and there are big quantities of them. I can I can understand how this would be a problem. So hang on, what areas is this affecting? Well, not just central rural New South Wales. Um, there are reports of mass mouse movements coming from as far north as Queensland and all the way over into South Australia. So the main message is it hasn't hit us yet? No. Okay. Because if they're comes a time where there is a mouse in this house. We have two cats. Ne- Neither of our cats are going to do shit. Pixie might. 
she's 15. I don't know how quick she is these days. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, no, I can definitely see how this would be an issue, especially if they're, like, infesting people's homes and stuff. I don't know, because, like, I remember, like, having mice in our yard as a kid because we lived next because I come from bumfuck nowhere and we had next door had horses and their uh, feed shed was like right next to our shed. So there'd be mice in the shed all the time. Yeah. And they're really annoying. Yeah. And they go little eat, eat, eat noises. (laughs) They do. I mean, they're very cute on the other hand. I'm very, I'm very divided. But they're poops. I know. And I know that they're a pest and they're little fucking faces. Mm, mm, mm. How, how much do you know about mouse breeding? I feel like they could do it very easily. Yeah, so mice are sexually reproductive from the age of six weeks. Okay. I thought you were going to say six days then. I was going to be like, <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, no, I agree. Um, they're only pregnant for 19 to 20 days. Well, I mean, they're small. Uh, and they can give birth to up to 10 mice pups is the term for a baby mouse. <gasps> oh, it's a mouse pups. pups. <laughs> uh, and then they can fall That's pregnant so straight away. As soon as they're done giving birth, they can just pregnant again. So they'll be so a lot like cats. Really. They'll be pregnant with the next litter while they're still feeding the one they just had. Mm. There are worries that it's going to affect crop supply later in the year because they're going through and eating everything. The town they focused on the article though was lucky because they had just finished harvest before the mice turned up. All right, okay. So you know, if you live in somewhere else, it could be so, a problem. So I mean, the mental picture I'm getting when you say before they turned up, it's like just this massive herd of mice who are fleeing through the countryside. Yeah. But is it? I don't know. I mean, you, you saw the video. They all look like they're going somewhere. I mean, they do look like they're on a mission. Not going to lie. <laughs> so many of them also. It's a big task. They, they're all needed. Yep. But um, people are naturally, you know, trying to kill them and get rid of them, mostly through uh, poisons and baits. But footage has emerged from another mouse plague you guys had back in 1984. Don't remember it. No? I wasn't alive. <laughs> um, but it was footage of a local farmer using a flamethrower. Yeah. <gasps> To kill all the mice. Oh, that's so mean. Yeah, it's a bit of stuff. Uh, not the first, not the last time we're mentioning flamethrowers tonight. What? <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> okay. Um, however, ironically, the best hope people have at the moment to get rid of the mice is for more rain that'll hopefully drown them, <laughs> or for it to be really cold and they freeze. <gasps> Poor mice. Poor little mices. 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 No, it's mice. <laughs> <laughs> Mouses is this? Mouse rat. Many mouse. Rat mouse? <laughs> no, it's mouse uh, rat. Yeah, there we go. Mice. So we, we might have a mice plague hitting us. I don't think any it's going to come now. down this way. Probably a bit cold for them. Yeah, but we might notice food shortages or increases. Mm. It makes me wonder if like the wet weather is making people notice it more because they're like going into people's houses to get away from the wet weather. No, I, I think it's pretty uncommon to have hundreds and thousands of mice just running across a road like that. Fair point. <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> I can honestly say that I've never seen mice like that. I remember once um, there was a mouse in our house as a kid and it ran over my foot and then the cat (gasps) was chasing it. My foot got cut and I was convinced it was a mouse that had done it to me. But my mom was like, no, it was the cat, you idiot. (laughs) The cat's run over my foot chasing the mouse with its claws out. I was like, I'll be cut. What did you think would happen if the mouse had cut you? I think I was upset that this mouse came into our house and cut me. So my first story, we're revisiting a theme of the past couple of weeks. Stabbing. Close. Swords. Swords. I find that these things that we discover, like, come in threes, and I don't know why. Comes in but threes. it's a pattern that I'm like noticing. Celebrity deaths. Uh, yeah, I guess. Um, 
This one came up again in the media over the past week, even though it happened in 2018. And... I had to read about five or so articles before I even got a gist of what was happening. The details are so fucking weird, and I'm still not really 100% sure why this happened. Okay. Just going to say that. I am going to give my opinion on what I think has happened. That doesn't mean it's accurate, so just keep that in mind. So, in August of 2018, Hannah and Blake live together. Apparently, Blake is an ex-actor, but I don't recognize him. I'm sure he was on something. They both live in a forest lodge, which I actually didn't know where that was, but I really should. Do you know where that is? Forest lodge. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard of it. Go. I don't know where it is off the top Go. of my Look head. It up. Okay, so it's sandwiched between Annandale and Glebe. Oh, New South Wales. So we're talking about the inner west of Sydney. Hmm. Okay. I didn't know that. I mean, I know the other two areas, but I didn't know that that was in the middle there. Like when when it said forest lodge, I was like, where the fuck is that? Oh, <laughs> yeah, I used to. That's near um. Wayward Brewing and Grumpy Donuts. Yeah. I, I don't know how I've missed it. Anyway, doesn't matter. <laughs> Just a lovely, um, you know, lesson about Sydney geography. Mm. On the evening of the 10th of August, this other guy, Jet, his name's Jet, <laughs> like, the, like the band, but with an extra T. Well, the Cowboy Bebop character. Oh, well that. Um, <laughs> Jet decides that he's going to try and break into their place. Okay. How this all starts is really unclear. All of the articles that I read didn't really give me any indication as to why he targeted them in particular. But, and this is my opinion, I'm going to say that for like legal reasons, this is absolutely my opinion. It seems, it seems like it was over drug money. Okay. There were some reports in some of the articles that said that Hannah was a small time drug dealer and Jet definitely had some dependency issues with sub- substances. Um, and I think one of the articles I read said that he was on meth at the time that this happened. Mm-hmm. What was our last guy? Um, Cocaine and Viagra? Yeah. Mm, okay. <laughs> this, this is a really not good story, by the way. Like, don't expect this to have a happy ending. Okay. So, it's gonna, worse than it's gonna be bad. Viagra. And- oh, much, much worse than that. I guess no one died in that story. So, I don't know. Yeah, there were some really vague reportings of, like, Hannah being a very small-time drug dealer, like, dealing, like, small amounts of weed. Um, but then it seems like her and Blake might have been friends with another drug dealer and that money had exchanged hands for some reason. All of that, don't not confirmed, but it kind of sounds like, from everything I read, that that might be what was going on there. Jet decides to go to their house. He goes armed with a gun, which was later proven to only have blanks in it, so couldn't really do anything, um, and knuckle dusters. So he gets in the house and he threatens the couple to give him th- their money, basically. This is when things get even more sketchy. I have no idea what happened after he demands the money to when they end up in the street. It's very, very strange. All right. The whole thing is very weird to me. So he's broke in. He's demanded money. Uh, what we do know is that no one gets shot because, well, there's blanks, blanks in there. Yeah. But but no one gets shot. Blake said that he recalled Jet saying, give me your fucking money or I'll kill you. And that's when he decided to react because he was convinced at that point that Jet was going to kill Hannah. If he didn't do something about it. And yeah, so that's happened in the house. That's confirmed. That's based off like statements. But what happened between then and when witnesses see Hannah chasing Jet in the street? I don't know. Um, So yeah, the next thing that we we know is that witnesses, it was a neighbor, said that they seen Hannah chasing Jet up the street. Now, he's the one with the weapon. Mm. Yeah. So that's why it's very confusing. 
Very confusing. And it's not like knuckle dust so is Hannah, like, okay, you could probably get the fake gun off the guy. I mean, you get hurt. But, but it's not like you could just pry the knuckle dusters off someone that easily and then chase mm-hmm. them with them. This is why I'm saying I don't understand what happens in that period of time. Because, yeah, the next thing, the next thing is a neighbor sees Hannah chasing Jet up the street, yelling and screaming at him, saying things like, who are you, bro? Who the fuck are you? That's why I think they knew each other or had some kind of association or... Like, maybe not friends, but they knew each other somehow or had some kind of connection. It seems really weird. Why would she be saying that? Mm-hmm. So, Hannah's chasing him up the street, screaming at him, and that's when Blake follows her out, carrying a samurai sword. The neighbor that witnessed that part says that t- to them, it seemed like it was just a bunch of crackheads carrying on in the street. <laughs> and they said that they didn't want to get involved. That is fair. If I fucking seen a guy... Come out into the street with a samurai sword. You best believe I'd be going back in my house. I'd probably call the police, but yeah, I would not be. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I would do that I'd too. Like, you know what? I'm, not, I'm fucking going out there. I am not dealing with that bullshit. The police can do that. <laughs> so that's what he described the scene being like. So it sounds like it was pretty chaotic to me from that description. Mm. So both of them are now chasing Jet up the street. And at some point, and it's really unclear why this happens, but Blake ends up slashing at Jet's head with the sword. How's that go? This is rough because it goes through his skull and into his brain and Jet doesn't die immediately. Mm. So this is from a different neighbor now um, because I guess they're further up the street. But they say that they they didn't know that the sword had gone into his head. I sort of like hit him or something. It. Yeah, because they said it sounded like a loud crack. So they thought it just hit him in the head, but it didn't actually go through. And so they've watched this, they've seen it, and then Jet gets back up. So they're like, oh, no, he's fine. He's just been hit. Like, it's not sharp enough to actually do any damage. He's okay. Uh, I mean, fuck, it's still getting hit in the head with a two kilogram fucking oh, yeah. bar, at the very least. But anyway. So, yeah, apparently they commented to each other that, oh, he's okay, he's, like, going to get further away from them, he'll be fine, kind of thing. Because at that point, Hannah and Blake stopped chasing him. So they're like, oh, no, he's, like, Jet's way ahead of them, he's going to be fine, like, don't stress, kind of thing. That's not the case, because it doesn't take long for Jet to fall over again, and he ends up crawling up the street until he gets to, like, I think it was a white Mazda, leans up against it and doesn't get back up again. Now, I'm going to warn you that I've included all the links of the articles that I read and some of the crime scene photos are pretty graphic. Um, You don't see his body or anything, but they show photos of the street and the car and it's a lot of blood. I'm just going to say that. Like, it's it's kind of horrifying to think that that came out of one person. Can you imagine what, like, old-timey battlefields are like? It's it's fucking rough, I'll tell you. Um, I'm surprised they put them in there, to be honest. Mm. So, yeah, he's uh, he's bled all the way up the street, all over the car, all over the gutter, the curb, like, it's covered. It seemed like once they're in the street, Jet doesn't try and do anything else to them. Like, he is shit scared. He is trying to get away. Yeah. That's because a guy's coming at him with a fucking sword. Yeah, of course he's scared. Yeah, what happened a fucking apartment that made him... Yeah, that's why I'm like, I would love to know what happened in there, but obviously no one's fessing up to anything, because now this is a murder trial. All of that sounds really awful, I'm very confused by the whole thing and how it ended up in that. But the trial has been really something else. Like, it seems like Hannah and Blake just keep going back and forth on their story. Blake had for a long time insisted that he didn't remember hitting Jet at all with the sword. But then later, in a secretly recorded conversation, he said, I tell everyone I can't remember, but I remember everything. (laughs) 
So that sort of sounds like a blatant lie to me. Um, <laughs> to, is it surprising that he like would it, be lying? Like it was a trauma thing? I mean, he's an actor. Yeah, but like, of course he's going to fucking lie. You, but the thing is, you know, you would think that they would have gone for a manslaughter charge. Mm. That that's what they would have been trying for to say that like it was an accident. He was protecting himself, his property, his girlfriend, all of that kind of stuff. But I also think that a normal person in this situation that, you know, perhaps that they had had to kill a home invader because they feared for their safety and their family's safety would probably still feel some kind of guilt about taking another person's life. Yeah. That's not Blake at all. So other recorded conversations have him saying some other truly awful things that he just doesn't seem like he gives a fuck. This is a quote. But like, if I chopped his leg off, I'd just be standing there going, fuck that cunt. I chopped his leg off. He deserved it. (laughs) It does seem to me that there's some whole bits of information that are completely missing to make this make sense. I would love to know what happened in between. Because clearly they've unarmed him at some point or made it so that he couldn't injure them. Because they're chasing him up the street. Yeah. Oh, okay. Just and he's trying to get away from them. Photos of the uh, master and the blood in the street. It's pretty bad. Mm. When he was confronted with the lies and the horrible things that he said in the secretly recorded conversations, he claimed that it was all just hyperbole and that he was just exaggerating to make a point. Okay. So this came up in the media again this week because Blake was found guilty of manslaughter, while Hannah was also found guilty of being an accessory. They haven't been sentenced yet, though, so I'm actually not sure that they'll see jail time for this, if I'm being honest. It doesn't really seem like they're going to come down hard on these people, which I disagree with. If they had killed him in their house, I would say, okay, they feared for their Mm. life. But when you have a man running from them. Up the street. Up the street. You chase him. And you have multiple witnesses that say that he is running away from them. And that's when they kill him. That seems sus to me. I would think most people who had managed to get a home invader out of their house would, would have locked the doors and called the cops, yeah. not chased them up the street with a sword. I looked up Blake's acting career. Okay. Anything I would have seen him in? He didn't look familiar to me. He was in a bunch of TV stuff by the looks of it. Um, something called Tangle, which is still going, apparently. Oh, okay. Never uh, heard of it. A show or a movie <laughs> called Dead Gorgeous. The Slap. One episode of Rush. Uh, he was in a 2005 episode of Blue Healers. I don't even know Blue Healers was still around 2005. I've never watched Blue Healers, so. <laughs> and he was in two theatre productions called Eight and All About My Mother. Okay, so I, that's why I don't recognise him. Yeah. So they're being sentenced on March 12th, so hopefully in a couple of weeks I can give an update on this and maybe I'll be angry, maybe I won't be. <laughs> so Blake gave a tearful apology to Jet's family during the court case. But literally no one is buying it. Yeah. Sounds pretty fake. And the Crown Prosecutor had this to say. He said, did that course involve learning a script and learning how to deliver it? Is that what you've done here today? So it kind of seems like most people just think that he was acting. Yeah. I just, I think one of the saddest parts of this story is that Jet's partner was pregnant with his child when he was killed. Hmm. Looks like he was a hip hop artist as well. Yeah, he was. He was a rapper. But he apparently did have, he apparently did have some... Issues. Issues with uh, drug addiction. And apparently his partner did say that the only reason that he had started to turn to like this type of crime was because of his drug addiction. But also because of that, he was worried that he wouldn't be able to provide for his child. Mm -hmm. Which, look, do, do I agree that home invasion is the way to go? Absolutely not. Do I think he deserved to die for it? No. It sounded like he was a guy who was troubled that needed some help. I don't think he deserved a sword in the head. Yeah. Basically what I'm saying. Yeah. 
So I don't know. I just, I feel really weird about this one because I don't think anyone did anything right, basically. And I feel like there's so much information that would make all of this make way more sense. But because there's all these like gaps in time where you don't know what happened, it's just confusing to me that they chased him down the street and killed him anyway when they had him out of their house. Yeah, that, that is really the, the, the weird part, I guess. And how? How did it change? How did the situation change? That's what I know. I want to know, like, how, how did the power dynamic change from Blake being terrified that something's going to happen to Hannah to Hannah chasing him down the street first? Yeah. I mean, did the gun- How did, did that the happen? gun go off and they realized it was blanks and- No one said any- None of the witness stuff that I read said anything about a gunshot. Mm. I don't know. Something really weird happened there and I don't feel like a guy deserved to die for it. If- if, yeah, again, if, if it had been in their house, if he had tried something and then they defended themselves, I'd be like, okay, that's fair. You're in your own home. I think you have the right to do, well, not the right, but it seems like the only course of action if you don't want to die. That makes sense. But not when he's halfway up the street trying to get away from you. Yeah. Doesn't seem right. So I'm sorry, that one was a real bummer mm. because it's a sad all round. But I will be interested to see if they get any jail time for it. Sure they will, surely. I'm not sure they will. I think it'll be a suspended sentence. You can, I mean, we'll find out, but that's my feeling. Well, my next story is also a weird crime. Okay. It's pretty far out there, but maybe not as dramatic as the one you just had. So in Perth this past week, a woman and her teenage daughter were approached by a man randomly. He just came up to them for no reason. He began shouting racial obscenities at them before attacking them with an improvised flamethrower and fleeing on foot. Told you flamethrowers My main question is why? Uh, the mother did receive minor burns to her arm, but as far as I'm aware, her teenage daughter is fine. So the flamethrower was- So they didn't know this no, man just, at all? They were just out shopping, and this guy just walked up to them on the street, started hurling abuse. Then he started spraying deodorant at them, and then he pulled out a lighter <gasps> and held that up in front of the deodorant can. Why would you do that? The man who attacked them is a 37-year-old white man from Gosnells. He was, at the time, had a painted swastika on his forehead. Ugh. He was also wearing a giant oversized red tie- the article mentions, because I read like a bunch of articles to get this story. Uh, police described it as a cowardly and random attack. He was also wearing sunglasses, so he really looked like, you know, like that generic conservative, I drive a truck and have a gun Facebook profile picture. <laughs> right, Kinda okay. like that. It's quite in the police here. Any assault on a mother and her daughter simply going about their lawful business trying to get something to eat for dinner is atrocious. But when you add in the racial element, it's certainly not tolerated by society, and we treat it very, very seriously. Just out of curiosity, what nationality were None they? None of the articles I read said, but I gather they weren't white. Well, if he's a white man and they're saying it's racially motivated, are we safe to say that they were also he not He was white? shouting racial obscenities, so clearly it had to be something yeah. along those lines, yeah. So they had a brief manhunt for him. However, he was identified and later detained by residents of the suburb he lives in. Makes me wonder how they knew about it. Or was he still running around with his makeshift uh, flamethrower? They put out pictures of who it was. I right, saw, okay. This guy sounds like it'd be fairly easy to recognize who he is. In the report about him being captured, it said he was wearing a red scarf, which I think might actually be the oversized red tie they were talking about in the first article. Tie, okay. And that red scarf is covered in swastikas and neo-Nazi symbols. So he sounds like an easy guy to pick out of a crowd. Uh, he's already appeared in court. Like, this all happened in the space of a week. It's gone very, very quickly, this trial. Like, it's still ongoing at time Well, of I mean, it still seems pretty cut and dry to me. Yeah, and there's, like, footage of it <laughs> happening, and there's witnesses who saw it. So, like, clearly this guy's, like, fucked up. Yeah, what a dumb fuck, honestly. Yeah, so he's already appeared in court, and the prosecutor is requesting he is sent to a psychi- psychiatric facility, uh, quoting there is a history of behavior with the man. So... 
Is being a shit cunt a history of behavior? I mean, maybe. Depends what this history is. They don't specify exactly what the history of behavior was. Mm, um, okay. However, at this time, there are no beds available in Perth's main secure psychiatric facility. Uh, the case is still ongoing, but it seems even the judge is in agreement that she doesn't want this guy out on the street uh, and that they want to send him to a yeah, facility. Yeah, no, I don't think that's, that's a good idea. Like, they've got to get him somewhere where, one, it sounds like he does, I guess, maybe there's some mental issues there he needs help with. Uh, he definitely shouldn't mm. be out on the street. If there's been a history of behavior, he's just launched a random flamethrower attack at someone. Can you imagine if they let this guy back out? I would out? love to know what the history of behavior right. is. Well, he's walking around in a fucking Nazi scarf all the time with a swastika on his forehead, so. And it wasn't a tattoo or anything. It was just like he got out a white marker and just drew one on his head. What did he think he was going to achieve? Maybe he woke up the day, he's like, do you know what, today's the day. I've got to get rid of all the non-white people in Australia. They'll see this and they will just pack up and leave. Don't know what his plan was for no. First Nations people. Wait till he finds out he's also a foreigner. Um... yeah um just genuinely confused i guess what he thought that that was going to achieve like realistically i mean obviously he was trying to hurt someone but also very ineffectively as well yeah Mm. i mean the woman's very lucky it was only like minor burns to her arm kind of thing Um, yeah absolutely i mean no one should have been hurt at all for some asshole being an asshole basically um police investigation is still ongoing as well they are searching for links to any extremist groups because fun fact we have a couple of neo-nazi groups turning up in australia at the moment why does that not surprise me like at all there's one in our state um i've been meeting i've got an article bookmarked about them i just haven't felt like talking about nazis so i haven't done the story for a while who does really (laughs) um but at time writing they've not found anything linking him to anything in particular so just one crazy dude one crazy dude and in one of the articles, they said the swastika was drawn on back to front, which I thought was pretty funny. Because um, he's. Because he'd obviously done drawn it in the, on mirror. the mirror. But then I um, I Googled swastika, read a little bit into it. Okay, you're on a list Look, now. Originally, religious symbol. It was only Hitler made it bad. Yes. But yeah, yeah, I was a bit like, this is awkward. Anyway, Google swastika. And apparently, sometimes it can be drawn that way. So it's technically not wrong. But I still think it was mm. funny to imagine he drew his own swastika wrong. I mean, fun fact, because I think it's a... Is it Hindi? Um, look, I've already searched it once today. <laughs> Let's search it again. Swastika. Uh, ancient symbol in the form of equal-armed cross of da-da-da-da-da. In the clockwise form is the emblem for the Nazi party. Ooh. It's used as a symbol of divinity and spiritual... Spirituality in Indian religions, including Hinduism, Buddhism, and Jainism. So it turns up in a lot of religious. Yeah, because um, when I when I was a postie, one of the houses on my run had a massive one over the top of their door. Yes, remember you told me that, which was very confusing the first time I seen it. <laughs> but no, for them that actually was a religious thing, and um, they had like a lot of um, like other spiritual stuff around their door as well but the first time i seen it it was actually quite confronting i was like oh god like what is going on there it's not not uh a bad thing for everyone i guess is what i'm trying yeah, to say well, like, up until the 1930s even the west it was considered a symbol of auspiciousness so it was a lucky symbol like a clover mm. it's just hitler came and took it yeah and made it i think typically though just like looking at it, it seems like if the base of the swastika is flat to the ground, if that makes sense, like one, of the, like the arm rests horizontally, mm-hmm. it's okay. religious. But if it's on an angle and sitting on a point, then that's like the Nazi one. So he actually 
Is this the he whole like, like pentagram versus inverted pentagram probably, thing? But he actually had it in the spiritual way then, so he did because draw he a swastika. Drew it in wrong. the mirror. Anyway, that's all I got on this weirdo. Um, we might be an update on him later, but I'm fairly certain he's going to be charged. I, I don't I don't see it going well for him, and let's hope he's not let out in the public again anytime soon. That'd be nice. He'll be out next week. <laughs> don't say that. I look. Let's have a little bit more no, faith. it's never like that. You know, we just fucking starticles all the time. It's like, he raped 40 kids, kicked a dog, and then ate his mother. And he spent... I mean, I don't read those stories all the time. Where are you getting your news five from? Five weeks in prison, but was let out early on parole. And now, he's killing again. Oh, how could we see this happening? <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. <sighs> it's a bit of a joke. It's all a bit of a joke. I mean... It does seem very weird to me that uh, in 2021 we're still hung up on where someone is from or how they look or any of that stuff. Like, calm down, bro. Yeah, but also the argument of its current year is very bad too because that doesn't really mean anything either. True. Anyway, how about we talk about a giant fiberglass pig? Okay. Let's just change, change gears entirely here. Giant pig. Have something a bit is happier. living with a giant pigeon? <laughs> I don't know if we've mentioned it on the no. show, but um, when I, I spoke once about the Adelaide pigeon, uh, it ended up following mm-hmm. Amanda on social media. Yes. I actually posted that on our um, Twitter because I was like, I have made it. Yeah, I thought you had. This but, is yeah, it. If you, don't, if you don't follow us on um, Twitter, the, um, the, the Adelaide pigeon follows her, even though I was the one who did the story. Just saying. <laughs> Fucking Adelaide pigeon. But whatever. <laughs> Where is this giant uh, pig? Yeah. But I'm just going to say that I do feel very honored that the Rondon Moore Pigeon did follow me on Instagram. Thank you. I love you. Anyway, um, so back, back to the story. Um, so the owner of an Italian restaurant in Adelaide, around Adelaide, uh, came into work one morning and discovered that someone had put a giant fiberglass pig on his roof. <laughs> what a weird prank. Could you imagine that? <laughs> is it yeah, pink? It is. Um, and it is huge. So... It's not like someone just, like, threw it up there. It wasn't, like, past the pigs, you know. Like, it's it's positioned. It's sitting. Like, someone has gotten up there, positioned do it. it. Do you, like, do so you have a picture thrown. of this pig for me? Um, I do. Because I'm I like, do. is it something, like, a couple of people could have lifted? Or are we talking, like, they got a crane and put it up there kind of thing? I don't think it would have required a crane. They would have needed something to get up there, though. There's your pig. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, do you know what I mean? It's definitely positioned... Like, right in the middle. They've even put up, like, this little platform for it to yeah. sit on. Someone has very deliberately positioned this pig, is all I'm going to say. It's big. <laughs> and honestly, I mean, the pig looks pretty happy about it. It's a big pig sitting down on it's the big roof. big pig. So, the pig is so big that you can definitely see it from the street. So, passing motorists and pedestrians would definitely notice it. And the owner says that he has no idea... Why someone did it, or even who could be responsible for it. Is it a statement about the food at his restaurant? I don't know. <laughs> so, the pig does look very similar to the four sculptures at Rondon Mall, because there's four pigs. Yes. Except for the colour. Yeah, those pigs are this like one's pink. bronze or silver from memory, I can't remember. They are. Based on that, the owner said, it might, <laughs> it might be that they got sick of staying in Rondon Mall and they came up on my roof instead. <laughs> It kind of sounds like the owner has a pretty good sense of humor say, about it this. Like he's to be pig. He is going to keep the pig. Um, 
So the only theory that he could come up with is that maybe it was one of his employees might have been like playing a prank on him, but no one's owning up to it. There is a butcher in the same building. So people have thought maybe it got put up at the wrong business and now no one wants to own up to that. Surely the butcher would be like, that's my pig. Where my pig at? It's my pig. Bring it. <laughs> so yeah, you would think that the butcher would be complaining about his lack of pig if it was meant to go up in front of his business. Um But that hasn't happened either. So either way, he has no intention of removing the pig. This is what he had to say about it. He said, I'm not going to bring it down. It's going to cost me money to bring it down. It's there and whoever did it, it didn't annoy me. (laughs) You're hearing that? It didn't annoy me. Yeah, yeah, that's the whole story. Big pig. Don't know why. Big pig. (laughs) I I don't know. I I love this pig. It looks so happy. (laughs) As happy as a pig can look anyway. Do you, you know the um you know the bonk go to horny jail meme? Yes. Well, one pregnant mother of two is threatening her partner threatening her partner with horny jail if he gets the COVID vaccine. I feel like one doesn't have to do with the other. She said to him she will not have sex with him if he gets the vaccine. Ugh. They've been together for six years. I don't like that. <laughs> like, I don't know. It just it seems really shitty. For a partner to say, well, I'm not going to have sex with you if you don't do this thing that I want you to yeah. do. That's so shitty. So manipulative. Yep. Don't. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway, continue. Quote, I can't seem to accept my partner's inability to wake up to vaccines. I don't feel safe to be vulnerable and open up to him when he has different values to me and won't see my point of view. And the research I have been reading, if he ends up getting the vaccine, I said it could destroy our relationship and family. Bro, run. Uh, She fears she'll not be able to look after him if he gets sick after having the vaccine. Quoting her again, I'm pleading with him not to go ahead with the vaccination. I don't know enough about the vaccine and how it will affect him. Why why are people? There's just so many things wrong with everything (laughs) you just said. Um, Now, the guy, he's had, he's got really bad arthritis, which I don't think it makes him, like, vulnerable for COVID. But he also recently got over another really bad virus in December. So she's worried that, like, if he gets the COVID vaccine, he'll be able to do even less than he can already do now because of his arthritis, I think. But um, this woman is 39 years old, by the way. Oh, my God. And has been doing her own research, as she said. And it's through that that she came... Where, on Facebook? ...came to her decision based on research conducted over social media and YouTube. Mm. Oh, yeah, because all of that is obviously fact. Mm, 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 mm. Quoting her once more. I said I was concerned we would go on different paths and how it would affect our relationship on a day-to-day basis. He's not well enough to do all the shopping. We won't be able to travel together. How will it be if half of our family is discriminated against? So now she's like trying to play the victim. You're discriminating against him right now. And now she's like trying to play the victim? Yeah, no. I don't feel feel sorry for her. No. (laughs) No. I feel sorry for him having to deal with her on a daily basis. She's also afraid her husband's employer will force him to get vaccinated, which we went over last week, they can't do. Mm. Uh, Furthermore, she believes that her fears about the vaccine are widespread and legitimate. So uh, most of the country believes what she believes. Based on like the last polling numbers, that's not true at all. Um, But she has been attending rallies with other people like her. She mentioned some of the people she went to. She's like, oh, it's a really big turnout. It's good. Uh, Clearly, we're all the majority. No. (laughs) Don't. I just. You like. Don't like it's the whole denying sex thing as well. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah, I mean, I hate everything about that because it is so manipulative. Like, I view that okay, this is the right, mother let's, of let's, like they've already uh, had one child together, she's pregnant with his second child. Dear lord, those children, I hope they're okay. 
But I mean, okay, so if we want to talk about like stereotypes, like I feel like this is a stereotype, women withholding sex to get what they want, Mm. right? Not saying that women do this all the time, but I feel like it's a stereotype. If we flip that and we say uh, like another stereotype is like men getting upset when they get denied sex, right? Is it not just as manipulative as if a man would like visibly get upset every time a woman says no? Yeah. Wouldn't that just be just as emotionally manipulative? So if we're going to say that's wrong, how can you not say that denying sex because you're not getting what you want isn't wrong? Yeah. (sighs) I'm also like, well, is she afraid that like- so manipulative. If they have sex after he's had the vaccine, she'll get vaccinated through his sperm? Okay. (laughs) If if that's the case, then she's just fucking dumb. (laughs) But- (laughs) It clearly doesn't understand how biology works. I fucked my husband and now I'm immune to... I got that, uh... I got, I got Honestly, that, uh, that'd be an easier way to get the vaccine I got out. That STV, sexually transmitted vaccine. <laughs> Honestly, that'd be a better way to get the vaccine out. We'd get it out quicker. <laughs> um, but that's not the way it works. Um, yeah, so, like, for the record, <laughs> vaccine is obviously 100% safe. Please get it if you can. Yes. Uh, now, to the this is a Daily Mail article as well, by the way. So the headline was, pregnant mum threatens to withhold sex from her partner of six years if he ignores her vaccine fears and persists in getting the COVID-19 jab. And they call it the COVID-19 jab, the whole article as well, which kind of pissed me off. But to Daily Mail's credit, they also interviewed a professor for this story who- You mean they did actual research? pretty much everything she says in the article. I was quite impressed by Daily Mail. Usually they're just like, fucking, there's the story headline done. But uh, according to the professor here- There are vaccine-hesitant people, and then there are the anti-vaccine people, which is a much smaller group. And possibly there's nothing you can do about that group. But they undermine the confidence in the vaccine in more sensible people, who then get frightened and create confusion, which makes some people vaccine-hesitant. It is easy to argue the vaccine is a conspiracy when people are not dying around you. I mean, like, I feel like what's happening at the moment, because unfortunately I fell down a Facebook comment rabbit hole today about the vaccine. Um, It was mostly Americans, though, who were arguing that being forced to have the vaccine is a violation of their personal rights, which, what? And, you know, the whole argument comes up about how the survival rate is so high uh, and all of that kind of thing. And I feel like what happens is, and this is probably particularly a problem here rather than the rest of the world, is that it hasn't been that bad. Yeah. Like, it's not been good, but it's not been that bad. Our death rate is really low. I think what happens is people go, oh, well, look how not bad it is. Yeah. Why do we need this? What they don't realize is all the measures that we've had to take to make it not that bad. Yeah, it was always going to be a case of, like, people look back and go, the lockdowns, especially Victoria, were an overreaction. Um, mm. And I think there was always going to be the problem where it was like, if we went, if we overreacted, people were always going to like be like, that was too much. We didn't need to do that. But if we didn't do it, it would have been way worse. Yeah, exactly. Um, So I feel like, yeah, especially if like us and like New Zealand um, and other, you know, other other countries that are in a similar position to us, you can look around and go, oh, well, it's not that bad. We don't need the vaccine. Mm. But like, don't you want life to go back to sort of some semblance of normal? And like, I really, truly feel like the vaccine is the only way to achieve that. And even then, I don't think we're going to eradicate it. Oh, I reckon we'll eradicate it eventually. It's going to take a while. I think we'll get close, but I, I don't know. I don't think we'll get rid of it entirely. Why not? We've done it before. Well, I think the thing is that the vaccine hasn't proven to stop spreading it. Yes, it has. I thought it hadn't. I thought they were saying that they weren't sure. And that's why they're saying that masks will have to continue for a while because they weren't sure about transmission rates even after the vaccine. I mean, it's so like it's showing that's, good that's signs what, That's already. the last thing I read. I could be, could be wrong. 
Um, but I think a lot of people's big concern, of course, is that the vaccine was developed so quickly and it's like it's only been a year. And as it's I said, funny what you can do when you throw money yeah, at something. As I said, like a year ago when this was rolling out, you know, the quickest we'd ever developed a vaccine before this was four years. Mm. You shouldn't be frightened and suspicious that the vaccine was developed so quickly. You should be mad and upset that all the other vaccines have taken so much longer. Yeah, like this, how long did it take for the cervical cancer vaccine to get rolled out? Fuck if I know, but it's just proven that like- A long time. Like, or even just developing them and getting them out there, you know, like four years mm. was the quickest we'd ever pumped out a vaccine before this. And it's like, wow, how many people suffered and died yeah. in that time waiting for other vaccines when we could have just like- yeah. Got it done really quickly. It's passed all the tests. It's fine. There's no side effects. It's only in your system for 60 days anyway. They don't even put the virus in you. It just the pro like, you shouldn't be suspicious yep. of this. Yeah. You should be mad that it takes so long for the others to happen. <laughs> yeah. Imagine what, what else we could achieve if money was thrown at it. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like money that, and resources. That really rich guy who got like some form of fucking colon cancer or whatever. And it was like, oh, yeah, you're dead. That we can't treat it. And he was like, well, I'm too rich and important to die. So he threw a ton of money at it. And now we have a cure for it. And like very few people actually die mm. from it because one rich asshole decided no. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, and, and this is the thing, right? Like, I would say that the majority of our world works off science. Yeah. Mm. But we severely underfund it. It's ridiculous. That's what you should be angry about. You should be angry about that, not the vaccine. It's just um, it's just wild to me that people can't connect that. But instead, they go, "Oh no, it's too quick. We don't want it now because it happened too quickly." Yeah, well, people don't like change. <laughs> I mean, I guess, but does anyone uh, like this pandemic? <laughs> I don't think many people are enjoying it. Millionaires. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably the only ones. <sighs> does that mean we're, we're up to my, well, my last story, the, the last story, listicle, the listicle. last tickle? Yeah. Okay, so I, f I found an article this week that was Australia's greatest food inventions that I thought we need to discuss. Vegemite, Tim Tams, yep. <laughs> okay, so should I just start at the beginning? It'd be weird if you didn't start there. Okay, so the first one on this list is a, a Chico roll. Yeah, I've never had one. They look really gross. I have never tried one because they're mostly cabbage and not into that. So if you don't know what a Chico roll is, so the weird thing is, is that it's meant to be short, for chicken yeah, roll, just told cabbage. but there's no chicken in right. it. So there's no it, chicken in it at is all. It's just cabbage and chicken salt. So it is deep fried, um, battered, and it contains cabbage, carrot, onion, and beef. Why it's short for chicken roll? Beyond me. I guess it's a joke because <laughs> there's no chicken in it. Okay. So it was designed by an Australian to be um, a competitor to the meat pie at football games. Yeah. Because meat pies are really messy to eat. So, so if you had this little battered roll that just had like meat and vegetables in it, you'd just That's eat that the, um, instead. The and big South Melbourne dim sim comes from, I was just telling you the other night. That's the yes. story behind it. So in Melbourne, they have like giant fist-sized dim sims. You get them in other parts of the country now as well. But the story is, yeah, there's like a Chinese restaurant over by one of the stadiums who wanted to compete with the meat pies at the stadium. So they made giant dim sims. Mm. Yeah, so it sounds like it's pretty much the exact same thing. Yeah. So it said that it was... Designed so you could eat it in one hand, so the other hand was free to hold a beer. Love it. Still Which, won't eat one. I can't think of anything more Australian than that. Because I could then hold Okay, two so the beers. second... Oh, I personally wouldn't eat a Chico roll, but mm. whatever. Um, so the second one on the list... Which I feel like is not an invention, but whatever. And that's beetroot in hamburgers, Ugh. which fuck off, honestly. 
We should, we, what we should have done is we should have done one of those rating things for these. Yeah. Because <laughs> honestly, fuck off with your beetroot. I don't want it in a burger. Yeah, it just makes me feel like a loser for asking, like, do I order a burger? I'm like, no tomato, no beetroot. I'm like, I just feel like they're judging me for like, taking out <laughs> half the fucking ingredients. <laughs> so even the article says, it seems this invention purely exists to shock <laughs> foreign visitors to our country. And I agree because no, stop it. I, I know people love it. Don't come for me, but it's terrible. <laughs> and the worst thing is, even if you get one and then you take it off, you can still taste it. Just stop doing it. Okay, so the next one I'm a huge fan of, huge advocate for, spread it around the world, get everyone eating it, and that is fairy bread. When was the last? Truly one of the best things to come out of this country. When was the last country. time you actually ate it, though? I've, I've definitely eaten it as an adult, if that's what you're getting I, at. I could not tell you the last time so I've had it. So fucking good. Long time. Do you want to make it? Fairy bread. Yeah. <sighs> We've got the ingredients here. Let's do it. Maybe not right now because it's 10.30 at night, but I guess if you don't know, if you haven't uh, seen it online yet and you don't live in Australia, fairy bread is a very simple recipe and anyone can make it. It's hundreds and thousands on buttered bread. If you're American, hundreds and thousands of sprinkles. Yeah. So you, you get your sprinkles, you get your bread, you put some butter on the bread, you chuck the sprinkles on top. That's it. And it's, it's a fucking a amazing. Cheap party food for like kids' birthday parties. You first, yeah, I was going to say, you first get exposed to it at a kid's birthday party, and then your life changes for the better. Like, I, I liked it as a kid. I won't deny. I, I enjoyed fucking fairy bread, but it's not something I think about a lot. We're going to try some, like this week. We're going to do it. We don't have sprinkles, <laughs> do we? Oh, we do. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Can't believe we're going to race, race, waste my good rye bread on fucking fairy bread. <sighs> Calm down. I'll go buy some white bread. I mean, it truly is. It's only acceptable on white bread. You put it on any other kind of bread and you're doing it wrong. Oh, we're going to talk about avocado on toast next. Um, actually, the next one on the list is something that I know you like, which is a golden gay time. Fuck yeah. That is a good. That's some good shit. <laughs> See, I golden told you. Gay times. It's hard to have a gay time on your own. I'm personally- Fantastic ice cream. Masha, if you're out there listening to this, I always try to have it. Like, if I'm in the mood for a gay time, I try and wait for a Friday. I can't remember how that became a thing, but... Are gay times bad? No. They're not my favorite ice cream. I don't feel as passionately about them as they're other so people. Good. I know you really yeah, like you got, them. You've got to get them they're when okay. they're soft as well. Like, if they're hard, they're not as nice. How, how would you describe the flavor for someone who isn't in Australia who hasn't had a gay time before? It's honeycomb. It's a honeycomb ice cream with biscuits on the outside of it. A light mm. chocolate coating. There you go. Golden gay time. Good shit. <laughs> I find it weird that that's an Australian invention, but okay. It's not an Australian invention, but we eat the most, we eat the, the most, it's mostly accepted here, is uh, Hawaiian pizza. I don't accept it. So the next one, and I probably would argue that this is Australia's best invention. Okay. Fuck Wi-Fi. It's chicken salt. Oh, yeah. If you're not from Australia, you don't know joy until you've had chicken salt on some, like, it's on weird, some chips it or doesn't something. Even or taste fries. Like it doesn't taste like chicken. It's just like this weird <laughs> yellow salt that tastes better than regular salt. It's yeah. fucking amazing. Truly. I find that like anyone that I've ever heard of who is not from Australia who's had it, then buys it in bulk and sends it home because it's it's the equivalent of like, you know how Uncle Roger feels about MSG? <laughs> is, is That's how Australians feel Australian about chicken MSG? salt. <laughs> fair, fair. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, um, I think some company did like a chicken salt mayonnaise. Oh, I, see, I don't The I only don't thing I remember that. from it is... Um, <laughs> Uh, this girl I went to high school with wrote an article about it and she described it as like 
She was like, this just tastes like day-old semen. <laughs> oh, we don't want that. Oh, it's really bad. <laughs> I was like, what a, way, what a way to ruin chicken salt. That does not surprise me. Because when you said that, it, I had a reaction deep within me that went, oh, mm. no. So, yeah. <laughs> I like chicken salt. I quite like mayo. Uh, don't want them together. Don't name together, no. Now, the next one, if you're Australian and you're from Sydney, I guess, think back to the Easter show because I feel like this this product, I just think of the Easter show, I think of being so excited to go and buy the $1 show bag because it's the Birdie Beetle. Never had one. <gasps> it's just a Fredo frog in a different mold, ain't it? No, it doesn't taste like a Fredo frog. Oh. Okay. So, the story of Birdie Beetle <laughs> is that it was... Um, I'm pretty sure it's a Nestle product. Oh, no. Nestle is evil. Actually. Yeah, it's Nestle who makes Birdie Beetle. Okay. I'm sorry about that. But the whole thing, the way Birdie Beetle came about, because I'm pretty sure Violet Crumble is also Australian. Don't think they sell them overseas, but it's just a honeycomb chocolate like bar. It's not that Cabaret special. Crunchy bar. It's Yeah, pretty much the exact same, just slightly different chocolate. So Birdie Beetles came about because it was a way to use up all the leftover honeycomb from the production of Violet Crumbles. Oh, yeah. And so it does taste slightly honeycomby. Okay. And it's a little bit crunchy, but not too much. Honestly, Birdie Beetles are perfection, and you can't tell me otherwise. Um, I don't even know if they sell them anymore. No, they still but- <laughs> do. You can get them at Coles, apparently. I was just looking. Um, oh, really? But okay. also, like, fuck Nestle. Well, yeah, also that. But I don't know. It just brings up so many memories for me as a kid being really excited at the you know, Easter you show. Know what- because that used to be the only time of year you, you know could buy them. some other kids' memories are of Birdie Beetles growing up? Uh, being child labor and having to like farm the chocolate to make them. But you really brought that Fuck down. <laughs> well, yes, but let me have my childhood memory. Okay. Um, no, I'm kidding. We, I think we've said many times on this podcast before, fuck Nestle, but also, I don't know, Birdie Beetles in my brain are a good thing. Do I buy any Nestle products anymore? I don't think I've bought a Nestle product in a real time. No, we time. probably do. They own like a million fucking companies. Fuck. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it, it's one of these things where it's like, I try to actively avoid buying their shit, but it probably happens. It's hard. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I've just realized, because I didn't, I didn't read all of this article, by the way. I only read what the, the things were. Um, and the first sentence of this was, do they even exist outside a show bag? Well, apparently you can make goals, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, because I think what happened was, is because, yeah, it was like one of the only dollar show bags you could get. And it was fucking full of chocolate. So, of course, kids love them. So, <laughs> the next one on this list is one that I know that you're going to get mad about. I know you don't like them. Okay. What do you think it is? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Twisties. Ah, they don't even <laughs> fucking twist. Should have called them lumpies. <laughs> lumpies. Or bumpies. They're pretty it's good, like, though. It's <laughs> fucking gross little weird cheese looking potato chip fucking thing. Yeah. They call them twisties, but they're just like sticks that are all bumpy and look like little cancerous growths. In New Zealand, we have a competitor chip called a curly. And you know what? They're all curled. They're all half crescents. It makes fucking sense. <laughs> Twisties. They're not. They don't twist. Call them lumpies. And then just fucking get rid of the product. Okay. So, I, I, was, just, I was just reading the article as you were having a rant. Um, <laughs> and apparently outside of Oceania and Asia, the only other place you can buy them is Italy, where they're called Fonzies. That's a better name because it's not called a fucking Twisty. <laughs> Look, Twisties are really good. I love Twisties. They might be in New Zealand. I'm not sure. We definitely had them in New Guinea growing up. 
They come in two flavors. They're either cheese or chicken, which again, mm. like chicken flavoring that does not taste like chicken. So don't know how that happens. Um, but they're really good. We have twisties in our cupboard right now. I, do we? We do. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I really like twisties. How know. long have they been there? Uh, I only got them on the weekend. So. Oh, okay. But yeah, they're just like a... I'm trying to think of like an American equivalent. A Cheeto. Sort of. It's a cheese puff. I guess, but it's a different taste. Like I've had Cheetos. It's similar, but not the same. I don't know. If you live it's in hard Italy, to you might have had a little chip called a Fonzie. It's exactly like that. <laughs> exactly. I wonder why it's only in I wonder why Italy. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that was really random. <laughs> but apparently they've been uh, available since 1950. So Weird. Going pretty good. Another another one is two lollies that um, we created, which is fantails and minties. Okay, I like both of those. They're both designed to take out your fillings. For one, yeah. I don't personally like them. Um, they're not the kind of thing I like to eat, uh, but they are very popular. They're more. They're really good on like road trips, and they're more mm. for like sucking than chewing kind of thing. Yes, they're long. They're an, they're an old person candy, if you will. They kind of. Like, like a, a Werther's way. original. I fucking love Werther's originals. But, um, they're good. They're really nice. But yeah, so a fantail is like, it's covered in chocolate and then the inside's like mm. a toffee. Yeah. And a minty is just like this white, hard little block that tastes like mint. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. I really like it when my grandparents would get fantails though, because did you ever do the thing where you ripped the wrapper to try and make it as long as you possibly could? That was not, okay. Uh, no, I used to use the wrappers because they have like little trivia questions on them. They do. They also have that. And the Minty's ones have Minty's moments on them, which are just little cartoons. But yeah, if I'm on a if I'm on a road trip, I actually want Minty's or Fantails. Yeah, I'm not a fan because I just feel like they're going to rip out my teeth at any moment. Um, you don't chew them. <laughs> you, don't, you don't chew them. Uh, but yes, um, they're very popular. I feel I feel like this is we've had this on the podcast before. I feel like this is very Australian, and that's cask wine. <laughs> Good. It's fucking shit. Um, so there it was invented. There is actually a lady doing like, or someone here in Melbourne is doing like high quality goon. Apparently it's really good. All they're doing is just taking good wine and putting it in a and goon bag. A, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So apparently it was invented by a winemaker from South Australia in 1965. Yeah. We have cask wine in New Zealand. I'm sure it's around the world elsewhere. Like if you're having guess- a dinner party, it's easy to get a big box of wine there, like a couple of bottles. I do feel like, though, if you, uh, if, you, if you say to someone that you're an avid cask wine drinker, they probably wouldn't think too highly of you. <laughs> mm. I, <remember laughs> like, I parents... definitely feel like there's a stereotype because it's cheap. Yeah, I, I remember, like, my parents having it when, like, they'd have people over when I was growing up. This guy, like, going back to the 90s. And I thought it was really fancy because it came in a big silver bag and there was, like, a <laughs> thing you could press on it to dispense it. And I was like, ooh, this is, like, we'll a, see, no, that's like actually a fun quite cheap. product. Yeah. yeah. Quite the opposite. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know. I, I think maybe my opinions are skewed because I grew up in a dry household, so we never had alcohol in the house. So I think I just don't know what's normal when it comes to alcohol. What about the episode we did where we were on Goon? I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> I didn't enjoy the Goon at all. It was very bad. <laughs> Top company. Mm. <laughs> it I was it. the goon the goon was not top company I can no, tell well you i mean i went out of my way to get like the worst one i could find kind of thing i went for the cheapest it was really box. bad, <laughs> it was, it was bad. i kind of want to do like another episode on the like the good goon but you mm. don't even like wine so i don't know i don't so yeah all right moving on Ninish tarts 
Oh, you ever had one? Fuck, is that again? So they're little tarts. They're like half white, half brown. Um, oh, you get yeah. them at an old school bakery. They're very delicious. I don't think I have ever had one. They're very yummy. They're very sugary. They're very sweet. Mm. The cool story behind a Nenish tart is that it was an accident. Oh, yeah. Like chocolate chip like cookies. Chocolate chip cookies, yeah. Yeah. So, like, basically what happened is is um, a person was making a sweet tart in 1913, but she messed up the amount of gr- ingredients required and didn't have enough cocoa left for the chocolate icing. So, she just made half of them white. Mm. And now they're beloved. I think the other one is sometimes they'll do pink instead of white. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They're so they're so nice though. For those who don't I haven't know, had one in a long time, but they're so good. They always look very cheap to me though, so I've never really had one. I think that's why. Yeah, like you don't like you wouldn't find them in like a supermarket or something like maybe they do sell them. I've never I seen them. But in my mind they're definitely associated with like a really old school bakery. Next on the list is Milo. I don't like Milo, so I know controversial, but I don't like it. It's like a chocolate milk kind of thing. But it's not. It's powder, it's you not put as good. milk and make it chocolatey ish. Yeah. 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 I remember my sister drinking it as a kid. I never got into it. So Yeah, I don't really like it. I know people like have very strong opinions about how wonderful Milo is. I'm not one of those people. It's basically chocolate and malt powder. Mm. So it's chocolatey, but not really. It's I don't know how to explain it. I don't like it. Other people are very passionate about it. And you're not into it either, you said. Yeah, I never had much exposed to it. Lamington's probably one of my yeah. favorite favorite Australian desserts. Didn't like him as a kid, haven't had one in like twenty something years. Oh, I think we're going to have to rectify that. Maybe, because I don't see any reason why I wouldn't like it. It's a sponge cake with a bit of chocolate wrapped in a coating of shredded coconut. It's so good. I I really like the ones with like the, that that are cut in half and have the cream in the middle. It's so good. Uh, (laughs) This article did add the pavlova and they said, just adding this here so we get some complaints from New Zealanders. (sighs) (laughs) I know, I think I've mentioned it before, but I, I know a guy who's got, a book that his grandfather wrote in like the 1930s with an actual recipe for pavlova in it that predates the New Zealand use of it. So I think it's highly debated and I don't think it really matters to but be also, honest. It's where a it really comes from. simple fucking dessert. It's quite likely it's it really just occurred is. twice at yeah. the same time. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I don't know. How do you feel about pavlova? I like it, but I don't go out of my way to get it. I only like it the way my nan makes it. Don't <laughs> like it otherwise. And that's just because she pretty much just dumps a whole bunch of ice cream on top of it. Yeah, that's not how you have it. You just have it <laughs> yeah, with like, exactly. strawberries and shit instead. It. So, pavlova is... Um, meringue. Meringue with some, like, cream and... I wouldn't fruit. even say it's cream. It's just, like... What is hard, it that's on top it's, of it? It's soft meringue in the middle. Yeah. Hard meringue on the outside. And then usually you top it with, like, fresh fruit. Yeah. Named it's after good. A, bav- a bavelina. <laughs> a ballerina. I don't go crazy for it. I wouldn't go out of my way to buy it. If it's there, I'll eat it. I know people, like especially New Zealanders versus Australians, love to get passionate about who created it. I don't really care. Um, <laughs> either way, it doesn't matter. <laughs> burger rings. They're good. They are good. Why are we good at chips? They don't taste like burgers, but they're good. Mm. Why, why, why do we do this? Is this just an Australian thing where we describe something as a flavor and that it doesn't taste like that flavor is all, at all? Like, I don't know if it's because they're kind of like meant to be a little bit like oniony and burgers usually have onion in them, but... Then wouldn't they be onion rings? I Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I mean, yeah. It it does say, um apparently Wikipedia says it's a type of onion ring. Told you. But they're corn based. Um 
So it's it's just a flavored chip. They're really good though. I'm just trying to think if there's any like equivalent, but I can't think of one. Onion rings, which I think they call funyuns in in America. Yeah, I don't know. I've never had a funyun. So in New sure. Zealand, we have a lot of onion flavored biscuits. Uh, not biscuits, mm. chips and stuff. Green onion. Well, I, th- I think this brings us to the most well-known one, and that's Vegemite. Oh. I feel like more people know Vegemite than Tim Tams. Maybe. Tim I Tams is on this list, though. I like Vegemite. I love Vegemite. Like, you know how you always get the- those pictures and stuff, and it's like, you know, levels of Vegemite? I'm always the highest one. Um, the thicker the Vegemite, the better, honestly, for me, personally. You, you don't like beer. Don't like beer. Mm. <laughs> Um, so it's like a yeast spread, I guess, is how you would describe it. It's laid from the leftovers of beer production. Um, and at least historically it was. It's, I guess it's really bitter. I wouldn't say bitter. It's very salty. It's very salty. I don't know how it's, it really is a unique flavor and people like compare it to Marmite. I don't think it tastes the same or even similar. Personally, nah, I don't like Marmite. Sucks. I could love Vegemite. <laughs> if, if you're not Australian and you want to try Vegemite though, please do not just stick a spoon in it and then put it in your mouth because I can it's guarantee you're going to have a bad time. Um, <laughs> yeah, you only need a little bit. Look, I, I could do that and have a good time, but I've been eating it my entire life and just, you know, progressively eating more of it. So that's different. For a beginner Vegemite level, you want some really hot toast, you want some butter and you want a tiny bit of Vegemite over the top of that. And that's how you eat it. And it's so good. It actually originates in Victoria. I find that, you know how like it was a, a popular trend at one point on YouTube where people would try Vegemite and it'd just be on a spoon and everyone would be like, oh my God, it's so fucking gross. But mm. then you get the same people to try it on a bit of toast. They'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah. And there's no reason you can't try Vegemite out there because uh, it is vegan, it is kosher, and it is halal all in one. Oh, there you go. It's so good. Like, ugh. I, want, I had some Vegemite when I got home. Wikipedia is saying it's got a very umami flavor, similar to beef bouillon, which is mm. a stock cube. Which I can, I, I can feel that. Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's made from brewer's yeast extract. Doesn't taste like beer to me. So, so think of kind of like, honestly, soy sauce is kind of in the ballpark flavor range of Vegemite. Sort of. <laughs> it's a very hard flavor to explain. It's umami. <laughs> I don't feel like that accurately describes it either, but... Um, it's it's hard. It's Vegemite flavored. How's that for helpful? Not very. <laughs> okay, so the next one is the dim sim, which we actually already spoke about. Yes. And I don't like them. Not any of them? <sighs> Not the big ones. Hmm. It's basically a oversized wonton. I don't know. The ones that we've had in Melbourne are fucking shit. I like a lot of things about Melbourne, but your dim sims, no. Yeah, the the Melbourne dim sims that you've tried are not the ones, like, they're not the South Melbourne dim sims, those are even bigger again, and they're like okay. a big meatball kind of thing, um, but right. yeah, the Melbourne dim sims suck. The ones back in Sydney were good. Yeah, um, I don't know what the difference is, but I, there's just something, it's not right. Mm. <laughs> like when you go to a fish and chip, I, I find it really weird that you like your fish and chip shops here have dim sims on the menu. Mm. Like that's weird to me, but probably very normal for Melbourne. I don't know. I haven't liked the ones I've tried in Melbourne so far, but maybe I need to try the ones that this one is talking about, which is the bigger ones. Maybe they're better. I don't know. Anyway, we already discussed them. So I'll move on to the last one in this list, which is obviously the Tim Tam. They're very, if, if you're in the UK, they're very similar to penguins. I <laughs> What? There's a biscuit, a chocolate biscuit called penguins in the UK. Oh, really? And uh, it's pretty similar. <laughs> Did not know that. that. Sounds so weird. They're similar to penguin meat. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not what I said. Penguin biscuits. Oh, yeah. Very similar. Yeah, they are very similar, actually. 
Yeah. Um, personally, <laughs> my favorite Tim Tam is the blue packet, the double coat, double chocolate oh, one. Oh, the double coat. Mm, yeah. yeah. Definitely the best one. Um, but they come in all kinds of flavors. I'm a big fan of the Black Forest one as well. I like the Red Velvet. Mm-hmm. Oh, very good. Um, but you're right. I think the double coat is probably the best one. Yep. Because you get double the chocolate. And they're really the smooth for some reason, the double coat ones. Yeah. I mean, I do like the original ones as well. Um, uh, yeah. The original ones are probably better because, one, they're lighter. And two, I don't want to eat the whole packet straight away. Yeah. But the double coat ones are just so fucking good. If you haven't realized yet, they're a chocolate biscuit. <laughs> And for Americans, and I do... we don't mean like that fucking bread roll shit that we looks oh, like a Oh, right, right. Like biscuit, right. <laughs> you, you'd call them a cookie, but I feel like in Australia, yes. a cookie is very specifically like a chocolate chip cookie is a cookie. Yes. It's not a biscuit. Or you can have like an oat cookie or something like that, but it's definitely a specific type of biscuit that yeah. we would associate cookie with. I would not think that Tim Tam's a cookie. No. But an American probably would. Yeah. <laughs> Weird language is weird <laughs> although i just want to go back because um if anyone doesn't know the chocolate chip cookie came about when a woman was in a rush to make chocolate biscuits and so she didn't like pre-melt her chocolate chips before putting them in the mixture thinking whatever they'll melt in the oven and uh they didn't and that's how we end up with chocolate chip cookies thank you hmm. brilliant invention thank you rushed woman who didn't have enough time <laughs> And yeah, I think I think that brings us to an end of our discussion on um, Australian food inventions. I'm freaking out about having to edit this episode in one day now. I can't even help you because I won't be here. Yeah. Well, just to wrap it up, what what would your favourite one out of those be? Hmm. I gotta think back and think through them all now. None of them were things I have a lot of. Mm. Vegemite's probably the one I eat the most often, but in all honesty, I'd probably go with Tim Tams. I was waiting for you to say gay time. Kind of forgot it was on the list. <laughs> I personally would probably say Vegemite purely because I do eat it the most. Like, I definitely eat that the most out of anything on that list. But if we're going, like, purely taste-wise, it would probably be Lamington's or Tim Tam's. Because mm. they're both pretty, pretty chef's kiss, you know? Yeah. Okay. I feel like this is a long episode, so maybe we'll uh, wrap it up here instead of making me hungry at 11 p.m. Uh- <laughs> I do have to edit all of this in one day, so that's going to be fun. I better get up early. Make a big pot of coffee and power through. You can do it. The problem is like I could get through like 20 minutes straight and then it's like my brain just turns to mush. So we'll see. We'll see how I go. I don't know. I um, I edited that interview that was over two hours long the other day in one day. Just powered through it. You do it. If you'd like to let us know what your favorite Australian food is or if we didn't mention any, like, for example, we missed out uh, on its shapes, which I know are very, very popular as well. Uh, you can send us an email at fmedeadpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram also at fmedeadpodcast. Visit our website at fuckmedeadpodcast.com. Please leave a review or subscribe if you're so inclined. And if you'd like to donate to the show, you can do so at coffee.com forward slash fmedeadpodcast. Beautiful. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, we've taken up enough of your time. So thank you so much again for listening this week. And we'll see you at the same time next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>